A bottom-of-the-order hitter is primed to be added off waivers, and we'll break down the showdown in Motown. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three cold uh, brews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Thursday, September 17th. I'm Al Melkier. I am here with Derek Van Riper and DVR. Uh, it seems like this is a, a recurring theme, but a whole bunch of really good pitching performances from rookies. Um, so it gives us a lot to to dream on for 2021. But, you know, 2020 is not over yet. So uh, we'll talk about the impacts for the final week with uh, a handful of pitchers, uh, a little bit of a scare uh, with the Mets rotation and uh, a lot of Yankees development. So let's get right to it. Uh, the big news, Jacob deGrom leaving his start after just two innings. He's been diagnosed with a hamstring spasm. That is a diagnosis in baseball I have never seen before. So it doesn't sound like a serious thing, but again, never seen that before. So I'm not sure how to judge that one. Yeah, it seems like a, a day-to-day sort of injury, right? But yeah. I have not seen that come up before. I've seen back spasms. I've seen and neck spasms before. I don't think I've ever seen any sort of leg-related spasm causing someone uh, to miss time. Now, interestingly enough, DeGrom believes he'll be okay to make his final two starts of the season. That's according to the Athletics' Tim Britton. So fortunately for those who make it through this week in head-to-head leagues, Jacob DeGrom should have two turns next week. All right. Well, that's really good news. Obviously, if you've got DeGrom, you're counting on him. And you're going to watch that one really closely just to make sure there's no setback. Um, a lot of potential intrigue in the Yankees-Blue Jays game on uh, on Wednesday. Uh, and it turned out to be very lopsided, like a lot of the games that we've discussed on here in the past week or so. 13-2, to Yankees prevail. But you had uh, Toronto activating Teoscar Hernandez. He did not start. He wasn't expected to start. He may start um, on Thursday. But um, the Yankees activating Aaron Judge, and he did start. Um, not a particularly good game, in, in spite of the fact that uh, you know the Yankees had a lot of production, especially from uh, DJ LeMahieu and Kyle Higashioka, and we'll talk about uh, Higashioka in just a little bit. But uh, as far as Judge goes, he hit in the second spot, went 0 for 4 with three strikeouts, and not expected to start on Thursday. So he and Stanton are both being eased in a little bit. I imagine probably by the middle of the final week of the season, they'll both be uh, you know, starting those uh, final games. But uh, is there any concern here for either of them, uh, You know, both coming off the IL and both not playing every day right away? It's frustrating, but I think they're both good enough where if you had to make the decision for you know, an entire series like an NFBC or for a full week for the following week, you'd plan on playing them at this point. Maybe it softens the blow if you didn't get them back into your lineup for the current week with the cutoff being Tuesday for the start of their week. I think the Yankees have to put them out there at this point, though, because they're battling the Blue Jays for that second place spot. They still have a shot at first place in the division as well, with the AL East being as clustered as it is. So I'm not too worried about it. I think this is the right way to go to keep them as healthy as possible deep into October. Yeah, I mean that certainly makes a lot of sense for their uh, their needs in the postseason, even if it is isn't you know ideal for our needs in fantasy baseball. And a couple other um, 
IL developments before we talk a little bit about Kyle Higashioka. Um, the Blue Jays, one of their several uh, transactions was to put Ken Giles back on the injured list. He's got a forearm strain. So that pretty much ends his season. I had actually dropped him a couple of days previous to this. So um, I just figured it best the best case scenario for Giles is he was going to be eased eased back and you know maybe get like one save at best but looks like his season is uh, is over um so if you've got Rafael Dolis, I don't think you have to be looking over your shoulder uh at this point and the Yankees placed James Paxton on the 45 day injured list so his regular season is over and there's some chance maybe he can come back in a relief role by the time of the championship series assuming that the Yankees will will advance that far but um, let's talk a little bit about Kyle Higashioka. Big, big game for him. Three homer game. And um, he's actually been playing a little bit more often lately with uh, Gary Sanchez really struggling. Uh, so my guess is that, uh, you know, whether it's daily leagues or weekly leagues, there's probably going to be a rush on Higashioka. Maybe I'm wrong. That's my perception. Do you think that there should be a rush on him for anyone that's looking for a replacement or upgrade catcher? No, I don't think so. I mean, Gary Sanchez won't go away completely. And when you look at the underlying numbers, this is not a good profile. Uh, if you look at the last two seasons playing sporadically, Higashioka has not drawn a walk. <laughs> it seems very hard to do in about 100 combined plate appearances, but he hasn't done that. He does have some power. Obviously, that was on display with the three home run game for him on Wednesday night. Uh, but he's not one of those backup catchers who I've been looking at and saying, hey, what's going to happen if he actually gets an opportunity? He's more of an organizational guy who's familiar with that pitching staff and is there because he knows the ins and outs of, of that group, not because there's a, a ton of offensive upside in his bat. So I do think there'll be interest in him because a catcher after a three-homer game will draw interest in a league with first-come, first-served transactions. Uh, but I am not going to be picking him up unless something happens with Gary Sanchez that puts him out of action for the final week of the season. Yeah. And, you know, given what you said about his profile, uh, you know, there may be better options out there anyway, even if his playing time really does uh, increase over the final uh, the final stretch here. And you know, I, th- I think they're, you know, if playing time is what you're looking at with Stanton and Judge being eased back, at least, you know, maybe for the remainder of this week, uh, Sanchez DH'd in this game, you know, so that does create a an extra spot maybe for Higashioka to play. But yeah, it seems like kind of a long shot to be sure uh, for him to make any sort of fantasy contribution. Uh, Same probably could be said for Mickey Moniak, but I I do think it's notable that the Phillies have called him up. So whenever he does get in the lineup for the Phillies, it'll be Moniak's major league debut, former number one overall draft pick. And a pretty nice season at Reading in 2019. I mean, overall, it's been kind of a, a disappointing minor league track record. But at Reading, uh, a 187 ISO, 15 stolen bases. So pretty nice little power-speed combo. And if you're thinking, well, but isn't Reading a big power-hitting park? It is. But Moniac actually had good road splits. So while that 187 ISO doesn't you know look that great, for the Eastern League, it's pretty good. And he hit well on the road. So... Uh, there's something to be said for that. Um, you know, we talked about a couple of potential steals options on um, on the Wednesday show DVR. Uh, Nico Gudrum, uh, we talked about, and um, and I'm trying to remember who the other one was. Uh, but uh, do you think that Moniak belongs in that group, or is the playing time just too scarce? Oh yeah, Shogo Akiyama, I think, was part of that conversation. Thank you. Yes, on the Wednesday show. But yeah, I, I think Moniak's probably a notch below those guys. I mean, I. 
I feel bad because I think we're at the point with him where you have to look past the fact that he was a number one overall draft pick and just look at him age to level, look at his skills, and make a decision based on that. And if you can remove that pedigree from the equation, you can come closer to a much more realistic sort of outcome. There were positives in the development at AA last year. Hit the ball in the air a bit more often, unlocked some power, was more efficient as a base stealer. He's still not very patient at the plate. You see a lot of low 300 OBPs, even a 284 in his first full season stop back in 2017. It's been one year per level since he was taken with that first overall pick. And if there were a minor league season this year, this is about the time he might have been called up as a September sort of call up. So I look at all this. I still see what some of the profiles see. Maybe a fourth outfielder with interesting tools possibly a regular if there's a need at some point. Uh, I think he's more interesting still in keeper in dynasty leagues, very deep keeper in dynasty leagues where someone may have been impatient with him a couple of years ago and actually cut him loose. All right. Well, uh, we've got a few bullpen notes to get to, uh, so we will get to those in just a moment right after this. Hi, I'm the Athletics' Joe Posnanski uh, for Indochino. You know, Finding clothes that fit you just right can be incredibly challenging, especially for Somebody like me who has uh, a body type I would call um, dumpy. It's tough to find anything that fits right. You know, I'm not really a large. I'm not really an extra large. I'm not really a double extra large. I'm not really anything. So it's obviously, it's fantastic. You go to Indochino. They have you uh, go through this entire fitting process where you give them basically every single bit of information that you have about yourself, uh, you have every measurement you have, uh, who your favorite beetle is, uh, you know, what, what, uh, you believe about the infield fly rule. And, uh, and then you come out and, and they're, they're going to send you, uh, clothes that are, uh, that fit you really better than anything you could possibly get in the store. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, with Indochino, you get custom fitted suits, coats, casual wear, uh, at surprisingly affordable prices. Customize everything from the fabric and lining to the lapel shape and uh, monogram if you're a monogram kind of person. Uh, if you're getting married, Indochino is a no-brainer for you and your groomsmen. Forget about the off-the-rack suits that don't fit different body types. Indochino gives everyone a tailored fit. Visit one of the Indochino showrooms across North America or book a virtual appointment and shop online at Indochino.com. And right now, you'll get $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more when you enter the code JOE at checkout. Look at that, JOE. It's for me. JOE at checkout. That's super easy to remember. You go to Indochino.com, and the promo code is JOE. Hi, this is The Athletic's Joe Posnanski for Liquid IV. Believe it or not, dehydration occurs daily in three out of four people. With Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Each serving helps you as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. And in this case, I can tell you that I love Liquid IV. I use it. Uh, it is, uh, first of all, it tastes pretty good. And uh, when I go out, I play uh, some tennis trying to stay in shape. And it has been uh, fantastic for me as far as staying hydrated. Uh, I have felt uh, better rested. Uh, after uh, after matches, I've I feel uh, I feel a lot better. It's I, it really works. It's really good. One serving. Let me give you the uh, the info here. One serving of Liquid IV provides the same hydration as two or three bottles of water alone. As I mentioned before, contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, 
and as much potassium as a banana, okay? Healthier than sugary sports drinks, no artificial flavors or preservatives. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code word ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code ATHLETIC. All right, DVR. Well, it's not too often that we talk about saves and holds leagues uh, on this show. Maybe we need to be given that a little bit more air. They're, it's an awesome format. Um, more people should be playing it for sure. Uh, but for those who do play in that format, uh, a real blow here. Uh, Caleb Ferguson diagnosed with UCL damage, so obviously done for the season. Could be a candidate for Tommy John surgery. So um, that, that's uh, obviously a big blow for uh, people who play in that format. And uh, the Nationals have some intrigue, uh, particularly a closer. Daniel Hudson has just not really been consistent lately. Another uh, blown save on Wednesday. The the Nationals were bailed out uh, against the Rays with Lucy, uh, Luis Garcia, excuse me, homering off of Nick Anderson. Um, so it's not often that you see Nick Anderson slip up, but Nationals did prevail thanks to that uh, Garcia home run. But I guess this is really a two-part issue because, first of all, is it just too late to be trying to position yourself for, for finding fresh sources of saves? And if it's not too late, is this a situation worth pursuing? Yeah, it might not be too late. And I think with... The Nats, ugh, what a messy bullpen right now. I mean, where do you even want to turn there? Uh, Sean Doolittle's obviously out, so he's not the fallback option right now. I think it was Kyle McGowan who picked up the save on Wednesday. He's actually got pretty interesting skills, a 36.8K minus BB percentage. Uh, so maybe you go there. Tanner Rainey's pitched well. I think Rainey at last check was banged up himself, so it's such a depleted pen that you're not necessarily picking from the full complement of healthy options. Yeah, Rainey's down with a forearm injury right now, so so he's not the guy. So I think it has to be Kyle McGowan now. I mean, I think skills-wise, he's a cut above anybody else they can throw out there in relief right now. Yeah, I was actually thinking maybe the other Kyle Finnegan, um, but... Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's why I really phrased the question that way, because, it, you know, it's just, it could go any number of ways, and I'm not that, um, you know, <laughs> that interested in any of the potential options there. Yeah, same. And I think the situation with the Dodgers, you, know, you mentioned the Caleb Ferguson injury. I'm not sure people who either don't watch the Dodgers a lot or don't play in the saves and holds format you described realize how good he has been. He's a mm-hmm. big part of their bullpen. Based on that K minus BB percentage, pretty clearly their second most effective reliever right behind Jake McGee at 35.5%, Caleb Ferguson at 32%, uh, 289 ERA on the season, plenty of strikeouts, you know, nice walk rate, a little bit of a home run issue, but that's the only skills flaw there. Kenley Jansen struggling, Ferguson's out. This is a bullpen that was loaded before. I think it's going to put a lot of pressure on Bruce Dar Gratterall in the postseason. Maybe some of the younger guys uh, like a Dennis Santana, uh, Blake Trinan hasn't missed bats this season the way we expected, so that's been pretty strange, kind of seeing how that's played out so far. Uh, this is just a team that hasn't had that dominance late that we're accustomed to in recent weeks, and it's kind of the worst time of the year to start having bullpen issues. Yeah, that it is. And maybe we add the Twins to that uh, discussion as well. Um, I actually, in a daily lineup league, sat Taylor Rogers, um, uh on Wednesday night, 
And uh, now there wasn't a save situation against the White Sox. It uh, turned out to be a 5-1 Twins uh, victory. But, you know, it's a situation where you could see a closer coming in. It was neither um, Rogers nor Sergio Romo pitching the ninth. It was Trevor May who struck out the side. Um, but Rogers just hasn't been himself this season. And lately in particular, um, he's just not uh, really been a shutdown closer. So in a very tight race um, in, in one particular league, uh, first, you know, I'm bobbing back between first and second. I didn't want to take the chance with, with Taylor Rogers. Yeah, it's strange. He's been a lot more hittable than usual. Uh, the yeah. K and walk rates are still really good, and the home run rate's not even that bad. Sierra points to like a low three ZRA, so I think there's still reason to like Taylor Rogers in the long term. I think one of the most difficult decisions to make in fantasy, especially in daily leagues, is figuring out when you're actually going to sit down a reliever with a pretty good multi-year track record. Uh, so I think that's a a smooth move on your part when it works. <laughs> and it, it, it can backfire so easily if a guy comes in, has a scoreless inning, and gets you a save, and you miss out on that because they're so they're so valuable at this point. Uh, do you like Trevor May? He's dealing with a back injury right now, but do you see him as their their best option to finish out games if Rodgers continues to struggle? I suppose so. Um, I'm just reading into this that um, it was just a, a four-run lead. And also, Rogers has been used uh, a bit lately. So maybe between those two things, um, it just seemed like the, not the situation to to use up um, Rogers for, for another inning. So that's, that's how I'm reading it for now. Uh, well, uh, let's uh, wind up here and just talk about some uh, rookies that pitched on the Wednesday slate, but also our uh, potential two-start options uh, for the final week of the season, Brady Singer, Tarek Skubal, and Keegan Aiken. Um, Singer and Skubal squared off in Detroit. They both pitched really well. For Singer, it's going to be the Cardinals and the Tigers at home. Uh, for Skubal, it's going to be on the road in Minnesota, on the road in KC. So I think we're going to have another Singer Skubal uh, matchup uh, on the final weekend. So, and then Keegan Aiken, uh, five scoreless innings for uh, Aiken against the Braves with nine strikeouts. And then, yeah, next week, a road start at Boston, possibly a second start at Toronto. So, um, any reservations with any of the three for the final week? Uh, I think I do actually like Aiken a bit more than. Most people do. I think as a possible three-pitch lefty with decent velo, he can he can exceed expectations. He's a former second-round pick, and they don't have anyone pushing him, so there might be some 2021 appeal there as well. At Boston is not the scary matchup that we're accustomed to either, so I think that kind of gives me that extra little nudge to throw him out there. All three of these guys are in situations where you're trying to make up ground in Ks and wins. You're not worried about ratios. If you're protecting ratios, maybe you're going to be a little more careful with Aiken with both of those starts on the road. In the case of Singer and Skubal, you know, more difficult starts against contending teams with the Cardinals and Twins on tap for their first starts, but the Tigers and Royals sort of offset that to the point where I'm actually pretty comfortable with both of those guys. And you know, Skubal's been brilliant at times, and he's struggled at others. So not a big surprise for someone breaking into the big leagues for the first time. And, and Singer is one of those guys who I think has definitely put himself in the mix for a rotation spot in 2021 for the Royals. So I think I would turn all three of those guys loose for their two-start weeks in the final week. Yeah, yeah. And um, 
you know, Singer uh, potentially finishing up against Detroit. So it could be a strong, strong finish for him. And uh, as we do look ahead to the postseason, uh, interesting piece from Eno Saris. We haven't really talked about the uh, playoff structure, the the bubble uh, that that's uh, going to be uh, happening in the postseason here. But um, since we haven't really addressed it, read Eno's piece. Really interesting stuff. Which team should benefit most from MLB's new playoff structure? Um, so check that out in The Athletic from Eno Saris. And that's going to be all for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're listening to us on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review for this podcast, we'd greatly appreciate it if you take the time to do that. So for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Friday.